Welcome to the podcast Perplexium. Here we discuss all things, the usual and the unusual, the intriguing, the perplexing, and the fun, with ordinary and extraordinary people alike. Come with me now as we dive deep. Let the podcast Perplexium begin. And we are live. Tyler Morris, welcome to the podcast Perplexium. Cheers, brother. Cheers. Thank you so much. Honored yeah. to be here. So what do you got there? This is Tropical Pineapple Lime from Freaky Tiki. Or no, Julian Hard Cider. Mine is the Pira Normal. What do you think? How do you like it? Delicious. I like it, yep. Mine's very tart. I wasn't expecting that. It's nice. I like that. Sour beers are like one of my favorite things. Describe to me how you're feeling right now. As best as you can. Right now. Yeah. Um, Sated. We just had an absolutely superb bowl of ramen. So I'm feeling physically full, happy, healthy, grateful, humble, and very peaceful. Cool. Happy to have you here, man. Thank you. Number eight. Number eight. Yeah. So the way that we know each other is uh, through jujitsu. Just like uh, most of my guests that I've had on already. So I think, I know for my listeners, a lot of my episodes are heavy on the jujitsu topic, but that's how we know each other. So I think we have to talk about that a little bit. So let me ask you the first question here. Uh, What got you into jujitsu? How did you find it? Man, what got me into jujitsu? All the credit is due to my buddy, Sean Winnick, and uh, when we were 18, he was training at 10th Planet in Burbank. So I, I had never seen a UFC at that point, and he encouraged me and my buddy, Nikki Baker, to join him, and they were, you know, working rubber guard, and I was like, what's guard, you know? I knew I was really, like, enjoying the warm-ups and stuff, but once they got into technique, I was completely lost. Um, so that was my first exposure to jiu-jitsu, was 10th Planet Burbank in around 2010. And then when I got out of college, my first job was across the street from Cobrinha's HQ, um, across the street on Highland where I was working. So I had was curious, and uh, one thing led to another, and I was getting smashed pretty soon um, in in that academy. It was fun. It was it was a really uh, interesting introduction to the gi. I I never trained in the gi, um, and I'm grateful for the experience there. Yeah. So for how long were you doing no-gi until... So I'd only taken the one class with my buddy. Gotcha. I didn't actually train consistently until I got out of college. So that's when I really started getting into it. Very good. Now, did um, did Cobrinha himself ever... Like, was he there? Or? He taught some of the classes. Um, it was mostly Coach Fabio, his assistant, who I think is maybe still there. Um, but yeah, he, he taught. I remember him, the first technique I ever learned was a single leg from him. Oh, wow. And how to run the pipe and bring someone down. And I was like, how, this doesn't seem like jiu-jitsu yet. I remember thinking something like that, doing like wrestling, basically. Sure. But man, it was, uh, it, was a, it was a rude awakening for me because I had done other martial arts. I'm sure you could probably relate. And uh, there's, there's nothing like jiu-jitsu, obviously. So um, it was a rude, but also like, I was super grateful to be like, oh, this is this is a whole new skill I can put my t- 
time and effort into. So I was really hyped on it. Very cool. So, wow, 2010. So you've been training a long time. Well, I started training consistently in 2015, so it's only been about seven years, give or take a year for the pandemic and injuries. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I've been fortunate in jiu-jitsu. I have not really been injured. Um, so you mentioned you have a you have a few injuries. Were were they all from jujitsu or? Yeah, mostly, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> yeah. Did you play sports before jujitsu? Yeah. So before jujitsu, basketball was essentially my life. I was, you know, really into it from about age around ten, all the way until twenty four when I discovered jujitsu seriously. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely was into sports before. Volleyball as well in high school. How about you? Well, in high school I played lacrosse, uh, had a bit of a late start on it. Um, before that, actually, believe it or not, I'm going to just say this right here because uh, it's the truth, I used to dance. Uh, I have a twin sister and um, my mother was a professional ballerina uh, when she was in her 20s. And so uh, my sister was, uh, was dancing and uh, I wanted to learn how to break dance. So, um, when I was a kid, like when I was in middle school, I started to, uh, I, I was taking like hip hop and, um, and then eventually I started to branch out into other styles, uh, modern jazz, tap, and uh, I did that for a while, but eventually when I got into high school, uh, <laughs> I decided that I wanted to pick up a stick and start swinging it. <laughs> so, uh, stopped dancing for a while started to uh, play lacrosse um, junior year of high school. So I had, a, I had, a, I had like a late start on it because uh, growing up on Long Island, lacrosse was kind of like a religion. Um, it's like a whole East Coast cultural phenomenon thing, oh, right? Yeah. It's way different out there than it is here, I think. Yeah, yeah. So That's cool. know, a, lot of the, a lot of the kids on the team, uh, they had been playing since they were, you know, some of them had a lacrosse stick in their crib, wow. you know? Um, so it was, it was very hard to get up to speed with the rest of the team. Um, but I, I, I kind of fell in love with lacrosse. Uh, and I, so I, I had a late start on it and I continued to play even until college. Like I played on the club team, uh, where I went to college. Uh, but then after my sophomore year, I, that's when I discovered, uh, martial arts and I did Muay Thai for three years. And then I found jujitsu by going to that place where I was training Muay Thai. Um, but yeah, I mean, growing up, I, my parents had me play all kinds of different sports. They, my parents, like my parents, kind of gave me everything. Um, they didn't want me playing football because uh, they didn't want me like ramming my head into people. Mm -hmm. uh, but pretty much everything else, like tennis, baseball. Uh, Anything we were interested in, like if we if we said we wanted to do it, they at least would let us try. Um, it's cool. Yeah, sound like open-minded. Yeah, <clears throat> parents. But but I would say though, like I started jujitsu in uh, twenty fifteen, and nothing ever really like hit me in terms of pa like level of passion, the same as yeah. jujitsu. What do you think it is about jujitsu that made it so different for you? I think it's two things. I think there's a there's a spiritual 
element, hundred percent. Like it's it's cleansing. Mm-hmm. You know, like after you finish training, after you finish grappling uh, with a bunch of other guys for an hour, mm-hmm. you get all of your aggression out of your system and there's a there's definitely like a zen like quality to that post jujitsu like you know i get kind of like what they do in yoga like they do like the savasana after yeah, and they just the like end. lay there mm-hmm. i think you, yeah it's it, it jujitsu is so anabolic it's so there's so much um I guess like explosiveness that you when you get it all out of your system you, after you go full anabolic you have to go catabolic after so I love that contrast interesting okay and then there's also of course how cerebral how cerebral it is like it's sure. it's very much like a chess match you know and I I love the fact that you have to it's knowledge based like mm-hmm. you have to use your mind you don't necessarily need to be the strongest most brutish man in the room you have to kind of be the most cunning mm-hmm. exactly know? so i really love that i love the chess game mm-hmm. the gamesmanship that's yeah. one of the elements that like really spoke to me was the gamesmanship being a lifelong video game nerd it's just uh being able to level up techniques and sharpen your sword so to speak has really resonated with me too that's another thing we have in common um a shared appreciation for a well-crafted, well-designed video game. Absolutely. I think, I think we should get into that topic sure. as well. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, uh, how about this? Let's start with this one. On, on average, would you say, do you think video games are good or bad for society on the whole? <laughs> Good or bad for society on the whole? Yeah, yeah. Let's hear your thoughts. Wow. I would say the overall impact of games as a narrative, as a medium, as a way of expressing artistically oneself um, is is beneficial for society on the whole. Um, you know, it's not, and not every game is Call of Duty. I think people look past that. There are some really good games that offer unique experiences that you can't get in other mediums. And uh, like Outer Wilds is one that comes to mind where it's really up to the, the player to discover the story for themselves. There's no, like in a lot of movies, the writers will hit you over the head with ex- exposition and, you know, they'll explain everything that's going on. They don't expect the viewer to, like, be intelligent enough to, like, comprehend what's going on. And, and I think games as a medium provide unique opportunities that others can't, um, that can really push decision-making skills and improve all kinds of different like not just reflexes but i think it's a unique medium and overall it's it's for the best definitely yeah see so like when i enjoy video games for me it's i play story games okay like to like the way i enjoy them is i don't think all that different than the way people enjoy like uh reading a, a book like a fictional storybook you know interesting like take for example uh have you played the Red Dead Redemption games? Absolutely. Okay, so Absolutely. the so Red Dead Redemption Two, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't. I never played the multiplayer. Just the single uh, campaign. Uh, uh, single you didn't story. touch the multiplayer. No, 
But I, okay. So anyway, I I haven't really played multiplayer games since I was in like early high school. Uh, actually, uh-huh. uh, I really just go for the story part of it, you know. So like that game, you play as Arthur Morgan. You're you're an outlaw cowboy uh, in mm-hmm. you know fictional Western United States in the early, in the late 1800s. Yep. And uh, you belong to this gang of outlaws. And there's a leader, his name's Dutch, mm-hmm. and at first he's very beloved uh, because he's, he's leading this group, of, uh, this group of men and women who are just trying to make their way and survive in this changing country. And uh, he does a lot of good, but over time he starts kind of losing his mind and Arthur has to question his loyalty to the gang. Yep. And you really go through the you go through the motions um playing as arthur like it's a it's a role-playing game where it's like you you're you're experiencing this fictional world as arthur uh but you can't help but kind of put impose that on yourself and ask yourself ask yourself the kinds of questions that he's asking himself as it's unfolding so uh i i kind of i i view games like this like this perfect blend of visual audio and like philosophical where all of it's kind of being poured into you at once it, like if you if you kind of have that kind of approach to this art medium in a way it's like the most it's incredible i think i think it's really like that like that that's an example of a of a story of an experience that anyone should experience if you have the means to. 100% agree. Yeah. 100%. I think Arthur Morgan is a unique protagonist. He's one of... He might be the best protagonist in any medium, any story. I mean, it's literally that good. Um, in my opinion, at least. Favorite game of all time? That's such a tough question, dude. That's <laughs> such, there's, you know, it's like asking what your favorite band is. Uh, all right, just but I'll try. I'll name try. a couple. Name a couple. All right. Uh, for me, I always got a shout-out to Super Mario World, Super Nintendo Entertainment System. That was the first one that got me hooked. Um, I think the art style still holds up. It has a timelessness to it that, you know, you look at the PlayStation One games from from the, like 1995 era. They don't they don't hold up. They don't look as good. Like they haven't aged as well as something like Super Mario World, um, Ocarina of Time, Legend of Zelda, of course, Mass Effect Two. I love Mass Effect. Probably, too. yeah. I mean, talk about narrative storytelling in games, and then giving the player agency to make. Qu- sometimes questionable moral decisions you know it it pushes boundaries i like games that push boundaries like that that's why i mentioned outer wilds as well earlier uh, red dead 2 honestly it's in the conversation one of the best games ever made it's uh it's incredible yeah Good i pick. will say undead nightmare for red dead 1 is my favorite dlc very closely followed by blood and wine for uh Ooh. witcher 3 yeah they're they're like neck and neck both superb dlcs how about uh have you played the last of us I played Last of Us Part 1. I haven't played the second part. I heard it was very controversial. I watched some of the gameplay, and I was like, I don't really want to spend $60 on this, but have you? I have. The Last of Us Part 1 is in my top five of all time. Uh-huh. And Part 2, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I hear all that. I think at some point you should, you should commit to playing it. Okay. Definitely. Give it a it's, shot. It's it's a long game, first of all. It's very long. Uh-huh. Uh, 
it puts you through a lot. Like, and that's, that's the other thing. Some of these games, they will really get you to feel certain emotions. Yeah. You know? Dude, I cried in The Last of Us Part 1. Oh, yeah. In that opening sequence. I'm not ashamed to admit I mean, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played it. This game came out, I don't know how many years ago. What, 2013? How long? It's been a long time. (laughs) When his daughter dies. I, it, the way they, the way (laughs) they do that scene, it's compelling. And then I actually went back and watched the show version of it and compared it side by side. And I still think the game actually does a more, like, emotionally compelling job. I mean, shout out to Pedro Pascal, the guy's a talented actor, but... You know what? Naughty Dog is goaded. They are so good. The developers over at uh, PlayStation are so good yeah. at what they do. They deserve credit. At the time of this recording, there's a show on HBO. It's a rendition of... It's The Last of Us. Correct, yeah. Um, but it's a TV show kind of adaptation from the video games. I only saw the first two episodes. Um, but I saw I think, the first one, too. Yeah. I, but it's still going on now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Tyler brought me a, uh, a little gift. I did. Uh, Tyler, tell me about it. Sure. So this is, um, I 3D printed this for you. Um, This is a fragmented head of a youth. It's from one of my favorite online repositories. There's a bunch of them on the internet, places you can go for object files. Uh, This one's from my mini factories scan the world section. Scan the world sounds exactly, it is exactly what it sounds like. They scan objects from museums and places all over the world. And uh, this fragmented head of a youth, I don't know, it's a unique form. Um, I thought it was cool and the technology I've been using recently introduced a new feature which allowed me to do this gap so before there's, I don't know if you can see there's this gap in between the head and the base um, which was a challenge to print because you can't print onto nothing right? Mm-hmm. you need something underneath if you think of it like a hot glue gun you can't just like pour it onto nothing so um, Prusa Slicer without getting too into the nitty gritty here uh, really, really cool company out of the Czech Republic They've, they've introduced this feature called organic supports and it allowed me to make this. So I figured why not bring it on and, uh, and give it to the old Mr. Fathoms. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thanks for the gift. Yeah, you bet. Okay. So, so you have this little, little side hobby of 3d printing. Yep. Do you have any like big goals or big aspirations with uh, 3d printing that that's on the horizon? Like for me personally or the technology overall? Yeah, for you personally. Um, yeah, I mean, I love it. So it's it's something I want to continue to pursue. I would really like to experiment with metal alloys and not just you know using plastic all the time. I think upgrading to a different type of material, whether it's ceramic yeah. or metal, is something I'm definitely interested in. But for the technology, I'm interested in and how it's going to help humanity. So, for example, there's a construction project that just started in Kenya where they're building affordable housing using 3D printing technology. So they're literally printing structures for people to live in. And I think that's the type of perspective I'm more interested in pursuing down the line is like, how can we help humanity? Not just make cool stuff, obviously, which is fun, but yeah. you know, better the, the planet. Right. That That is so cool. Thanks. So right now you're kind of in like the learning phase. You're, you're yeah. making art and just kind of tinkering with how it all works. Yeah, doing a lot of experimenting, for sure, with different types of materials and objects and embroidering people's names and stuff on it like that. So cool. I'm, I'm so ignorant about the 3D printing world. I'm going to have to like, I'll pick your brain 
deeper uh Probably, probably offline because I have way too many questions to even just start now. Cool. Well, but, you're um, welcome to start now if you want. It's a perfect forum. But either way, it's all good. <clears throat> happy to, happy to beat uh, the brain to pick. It, I mean, <clears throat> so I'm curious about the limitations of it. Sure. Right. Like, yeah. is, is there anything that if I asked you to 3D print something for me, can you think of anything? Uh, right now that would be like a head scratcher like I don't know if I can make that like in terms of actually being able to do it yeah I just mean like you know if you were to make me uh, you know like a six inch by six inch by six inch uh, out of a out of a rectangular prism um, stock you know like a model of something uh, <laughs> I, that might be a hard one. I'm not sure. A rectangular prism of a stock. No, what I mean is like, uh, imagine that. Imagine that this was like a slab of marble. Okay. And imagine that you, you had to like carve out of it to make this, mm-hmm. um, which I know is is not how it's done. But maybe it's another way to think about it. Like maybe yeah. maybe maybe that's how the computer pictures it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is there anything hand that that could fit in my palm? Uh, that would be like maybe it would cause the program to crash it's mm. <laughs> an interesting question yeah if you had a model with enough geometry and like triangles you could theoretically crash okay a slicing because, program because that's how it works right it, yeah. it's really just like synthesizing a bunch of miniature triangles pretty much it's it's looking at creating like if you imagine a like an mri machine the way it Layers, layers. It yeah, creates yeah, yeah. layers of an image. So it's basically slicing an object into layers, into cuts, and so it can write the instructions for the extruder to to move upward. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, listeners, we just got like we just went full nerd on you. Um, <laughs> hope you're still with us. <laughs> All right. We're gonna play a game now. This or that. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm literally just gonna ask you a bunch of questions, and they're gonna be. You're gonna. It's gonna be a this or that situation, and you're just gonna tell me which one you'd rather go with. Okay. You ready to play? Yeah. Let's All do right. It. Chocolate or fruity flavors? Chocolate. Okay. I, good one. I would. I'd probably pick that too. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> judo style takedowns or wrestling style takedowns? Dude, don't make me pick. <sighs> the Zen answer is the correct. Take down for the correct moment. Okay. But the Tyler's personal preference answer is judo because it's. I just like it. It's elegant. I like judo a lot. Okay. Um, I'm breaking my own rule for the for the game, but uh, do you have a preferred takedown in judo? I do. I do. Keenan taught us one about a year ago. It's like I don't know the official. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Japanese name, but it's the one where you. You, you're pulling, you're rotating in, in place, and you're extending your leg out to trip them. Sasai, Tsuri, it's a sasai throw. Sasai tsuri komiyashi. Yeah, I've been, I've been uh, using that since he taught us that with some success. So Beautiful. That's probably my favorite. Yeah. Cool. All right. Would you rather live in a high rise in the city, or would you rather live in a farmhouse in the country? Farmhouse in the country, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Beach or mountain vacation. What time of year are we in right now? Uh, this hypothetical. Okay, we're in the winter, but you are currently living in the northeast United States. 
So would you rather do a beach or a mountain vacation? Definitely beach in that scenario. Okay. I know it's like this the easy the easy answer, but I think I'm I gravitate toward beachy and like warm types of places. That's why I'm here in San Diego for after all. <laughs> Exotic sports car or speedboat? Oh, can I say <laughs> neither? I'm just like not like an expensive toy type of person. I'm such like simple. I respect tastes, that. You know, I, if I have to pick, probably this fast car. Yeah. Okay. How, how about? about uh, I, I would. I would probably. I'd probably go with the exotic sports car. Okay. Um, Which one? Probably a Lamborghini. Yeah. Any particular model? I. You know, I I don't know the models that well, but I'd probably go with. Did you ever see Bruce Almighty? Yeah. You know the one that he when he when he becomes God and he like snaps his finger and turns yeah. the car and it's like this white one. Uh huh. That one. I, I'm not sure exactly <laughs> which one, but I'm pretty sure I remember that scene. Yeah. What's the do you know the one in Grand Theft Auto Five where it's like? Uh yeah, they just call that car like the Ignacio or like. Yeah, it's like an Italian man's name. I forget exactly which one, but that's the one I want. Yeah, yeah. Mine in GTA was like all green with like green neon lights underneath. Has like jet fuel propulsion. Yes, yeah. The upgrade like jet boost for sure. Got to go with the boost. Okay, would you rather live in feudal Japan or ancient Rome? Whoa. I would say feudal Japan because they treated people like ass in ancient Rome. <laughs> so not to say that there weren't people being treated like ass in feudal Japan, but practice jiu-jitsu. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> not pancreation or whatever they were doing. Okay, Rome. well hold on. What now? I didn't say like what kind of person you'd be. Mm. What if you were in? Uh, what if you were in ancient Rome and you were like you know, King uh, King Julius or whatever. That sounds nice. But even then, like, Marcus Aurelius, you know, had kind of a rough time and he was an emperor, right? Could I be a, a daimyo in Japan and have, like, a squad of samurai just, like, hanging out, <laughs> watching my back? There you go. That's your answer. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather swim with sharks or skydive at night? Jeez. I guess skydive at night because, like, that's like a death warrant swimming with sharks. What kind of sharks are we talking about? Well, okay. These are terrible scenarios to <laughs> choose between. How'd you come up with these? Okay, okay. <laughs> swimming with the sharks, you're, you're in a cage. Uh-huh. So you're protected. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not saying that there could be some great white that's, like, so powerful and... I don't know, maybe it could squeeze its way through the bars or, like, even potentially break it open, but I'm not guaranteeing that. It's possible. Uh-huh. No guarantees. All right? I'm just painting the scenario for you. Yeah, this is a bleak scenario, but right. I'm with you so far. And then skydive, the skydiving at night one. Uh-huh. Also, you know, you're safe. I'll even grant you that you're... <laughs> I'll, even, I'll even grant you that you're kangaroo-strapped to a professional... Okay. So he's gonna be the one to pull the parachute. Well, that's easy. I mean, but, I'm tandem. But the pro. But it's at night, and he was drinking. Oh shh. And okay. he, but he's he, even though he's drunk, he's still super con. Verbally, he's super confident that he's got everything under control. It's just a matter of trusting him. Got it. And how long has this guy been teaching in tandem? Uh, um, 
skydiving at night he's a, he's a grizzled expert uh-huh. but it's a it's a small plane and <laughs> and you can smell the beer coming up coming out of him wow wow tough tough choices here i'm going with the uh, beer man in the skies only because of his experience <laughs> you know sometimes when they get dr- people when people get drunk they get better at stuff i want to tell you a story just Ready. because it's like fresh on my mind as we're, as we so I went skydiving. Uh huh. Um, night? I went skydiving for my twenty first birthday. First and only time I've ever done it. But you know, I said I'm turning twenty one. I like to think I'm a fairly responsible gentleman, so I didn't want to do anything crazy, crazy, <laughs> crazy for my twenty first. I didn't, I didn't want to get like crazy drunk you know what i mean like that a lot of people they turn 21 and all they want to do is like drink right Mm -hmm. and they don't remember i didn't want to do that i didn't want to do that but i said i want to do something that's like memorable and like daring right sure so i said i'm going to jump out of a plane let me tell you something if you ever go skydiving spend the money go don't go frugal okay all right uh i (laughs) i'm not saying i didn't put money down on it but i uh-huh. i could have spent more and I, I the thing is i went i went to this i went to this place that was a little sketch sounds like it and this is what i'll tell you what happened though um so you know first time you go skydiving at least this was my experience you don't jump out of the plane you are kangaroo strapped into the guy's belly and he jumps out of the plane and you just roll with it right right uh-huh. so that's what we did and so we did it and we landed and then when we got on the ground he shows me his leg and he's like hey dylan um i just want to let you know so he when when we were falling out of the plane he like cut his leg on like some metal part of the door and it like slashed open his calf and the thing that was so scary about that is he was like he was telling me he was like losing blood in the air and he oh he, he could have gone unconscious yeah, and then have. I would have had to open the parachute could you imagine that yeah anyway wow. it didn't happen yeah I was gonna say you're still here so I, I didn't die didn't go that bad I didn't die yeah but that was that's a story wow that's a story wow yeah what did he cut, like did he cut his leg on the door was he just not paying attention uh, yeah like he's it, it was like some hinge, like the hinge on the door. Oh apparently. my god, dude! Yeah, that's that's rough. Anyway, just uh, well, that's, that's crazy okay. story. I don't know why. I did a tandem skydive once, uh, but not like that. Mine was not perilous. Nobody was bleeding. Nobody lost consciousness. I'm still here too. It was a good experience overall. <laughs> Do you scuba dive? I have scuba dived. It's not something I'm into anymore. Is that something you're passionate about? I got certified. Okay. Uh, so I had to, obviously, when you get certified, I, I was certified under uh, PADI, right? P-A-D-I. Sure. Yep. Uh, so you have to do it a bunch of times in order, in order to get certified. I discovered after I got certified that it's really just not for me. Um, yeah. Why, why not? What happened? I prefer snorkeling. I just don't want to, I don't want my breath my breathing mm-hmm. to be like dependent on a tube like under the fathoms of the ocean dylan fathoms dylan fathoms <laughs> four thousand dylan fathoms deep under the sea <laughs> <laughs> but uh i am certified and i i would do it again i just 
I made a decision that it wasn't going to be like my hobby, you know? Sure. But I, I like to uh, snorkel. Yeah. That's cool. Do you do that here or do you like travel to do that? The only times I've done it has, has been in the, um, like the Caribbean. Okay. Yeah, haven't done it here. Water's cold here. It's cold, and no. it's been so cold lately too. I didn't. I did not know. Nobody told me before I moved to San Diego that like the water is cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Get a wetsuit. Somebody should have told you to bring a wetsuit. Anyway, you survived the uh, this or that game. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. Just to give credit where it's due, um, I stole all those questions. Really? From uh, there's a podcast I listen to called the, uh, well, it's a jujitsu podcast. It's the BJJ Fanatics podcast. Uh huh. Um, you familiar with it? I know they have a podcast, but I'm not subscribed to that one. Is it any good? There's an episode. The episode that was just on was uh, Kurt Osiander. I love Kurt Osiander. <laughs> I'll listen for that guy. 100. Sign me up. He's not. He he had fallen on hard times recently. How's he doing? now? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, He's never really gonna do jujitsu like he used to. <sighs> I'm sorry to hear that. But um, he—I mean—he's still gonna teach. Oh, good. And he's still a, a character and a half. Dude, his videos almost single-handedly like got me to continue like through the hard times in the white belt days. Like when I was like, "Why am I even doing this?" You know, after my first really catastrophic injury on my finger, I was like, and then you know during recovery, I'm watching Kurt Osiander. I'm like, "Dude, this guy's awesome. I want to be like this guy when I grow up." Yeah, tons of character. I, I love that oh, guy too. He's amazing. Yeah, and um, his teaching is phenomenal too. Yeah. Uh, so he was on the last episode, and he he's been on that podcast more than any, any other guest. So the host of that uh, podcast, his name is Ryan Ford. He okay. does the, he does this thing with his guests. It's a game. It's called the Pummel, and he okay. just he, he, it's like it's just a series of questions like that. But the thing is, uh, he's done that with Kurt, like, so many times. Uh-huh. So he, like, he had to, like, come up with a new game. And right. he came up, he's like, we're going to do this or that. And then he just, like, asked all these questions. So I literally just stole it from that episode. But I'm giving credit where it's due. I like <laughs> it. Yeah, good stuff. That's great. Do you listen to any podcasts? Yes, definitely. Um, my favorite is called Wizard and the Bruiser, Whizbrew. They cover nerd topics, video games, movies, music. NPR's Up First, I listen to every morning just to get a sense of what's going on in the world. Um, Daily Zeitgeist, Behind the Bastards. I could be going. I love podcasts. What's your, uh, what's your go-to pod these days? I do enjoy the Joe Rogan experience uh, when he's got people on who I want to listen to. Uh-huh. I like the, the Jocko Willink the Jocko podcast. Jocko show, for sure. Um, his can get pretty heavy, though. It can get heavy, for that's sure. That's the thing. Like, yeah. Um, I got to be in the right mindset for, for Jocko's podcast. Yep. Like, uh, I listened to a couple about uh, dating. Okay. Like, uh, just really just more geared towards how to be a better man. Interesting. How to be the kind of man that would attract the right woman that I would want to attract, you know, those okay. kinds of things. Um, okay. So there's a bunch of those that I listen to. Can we talk about that? Is that appropriate subject for the show? Go for it. What, what kind of woman does Dylan Fathoms, uh, is he trying to attract mm. his world? Mm. Okay. Or person. Okay. We're going to go there. We don't have to. <laughs> we, can, we can 
table it. It's up to you. No. See, look, I on my podcast, I want to have like real, authentic conversations, right? Sure. I, I don't want to like shy away from anything. Um, I think we should we should speak truly. You know, we sure. should we shouldn't hide. And um, if it's if it's a real if it, if it's something that I'm genuinely experiencing. Um, if it's true to my heart, then I want to say it, right? Uh, I, sometimes with those questions, they have to be framed. Like, the questions have to be framed the right way. So, um, definitely, I'm going to put you in the driver's seat for a little bit for the questions. Okay, sure. All right. Well, the kind of woman that I want to attract, let me start. Let me just start with this. I consider myself to be a, uh, a sapiosexual, right? Yep. So a you're sap- attracted to someone smart. Yeah, intelligent. Yeah, intellect. In- intellect for me is really, really high on on my list of priorities. Okay. And I have to. It has to be. Uh, I have to see it, right? Like if um. How do I put this in in the right way? Okay. If if she doesn't. If on the first date, I don't. If, if she if she doesn't sound smart, I'm gonna be turned off. Mm-hmm. So like that's okay. like really important to me. Okay. All right. Um, I do have some, I'll say traditional values. And when I say traditional, I don't really mean in like a political way. I mean, kind of in a behavioral way. So modesty is important to me mm-hmm. right um, I, I wouldn't want to date a woman who is constantly advertising her body mm. um, and that's it's not an insecurity thing it's not because like I'd be afraid to show her off it has nothing to do with that it has more to do with who's attra- whose attention is she trying to attract you know because mm-hmm. if, if that's going to be my wife or if that's a woman that's devoted to me and, and devoted to what we're going to build to our, our family, then I don't want to date a billboard. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't want to date a woman who uh, on her Instagram is like every post every day is her in a bikini. Um, for me, it just wouldn't work, right? And I'm not, I'm not bashing anyone that does that. I'm not saying that, I'm not like trying to judge a woman that does that. I just know that if that's gonna be like a woman that I want to have a meaningful relationship with, uh, it's not going to work um, because I need to know that she's committed to me and I won't feel that she's committed to me if she's behaving that way. So there's there's those, uh, there's that element. Makes perfect sense. I yeah. appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's the future mother of your children. I think you, you put it perfectly. Whose attention are they trying to attract? Right. I think that's on the nose. And like I, I hate to say this, but even I've only listed to you like two little like boxes that are on my checklist mm-hmm. already. Those two are <laughs> kinda hard to find, if I'm being frank. Yeah, I mean in our current, you know, modern like society. I'm just and I'm honestly just speaking about how I feel. Like mm-hmm. when I Yeah, it's valid, dude. You know, hundred percent. I agree with you. I mean, it's not non-existent. I think there are, you know, women with good values out there. Yeah. Um, so, what else is really important to you in a romantic partner? 
Uh, yeah, so other than uh, kindness, being smart, having compassion for others, uh, obviously there has to be, like, compatibility sexually, obviously. Uh, but that's really it. Okay. Yeah. Those are all really good, valid, you know, compassion, intelligence. I mean, those are two of my biggest ones. The last one being a sense of humor as, like, baseline three really important qualities. I'm aligned with you there. Okay, so let's go back to jujitsu a little bit. I have a couple cool. of things, a couple more things I want to ask you. Yeah. Okay, first one. Who would you say in jujitsu has inspired you the most? If you could pick one, or maybe two. Man, I, you know we we are so lucky. We're living in this age of like abundance of Instagrams and just like Instagrams. I sound like an old person, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's this proliferation of jujitsu techniques. So I have so many people that I have access to online. So like some of those people, like Malachi Friedman. Um, Shinshon Gorilla is a guy based out of South Korea. I never would have been exposed to his teaching had it not been for something like Instagram. So some of those Instagram guys are definitely inspirational, but without question, Andres Pernovskis and Coach Sloan and, and Austin are our three black belt professors um, and Coach Mike and really just all the training staff at Legion. I mean, it really is a privilege to be able to train underneath some of, some of these, uh, these teachers. So I would say Andres has been an inspiration his jiu-jitsu has informed my jiu-jitsu drastically in the past two and a half years since I've moved to San Diego. So Andres, for sure, and those guys, yeah. Definitely grateful for Andres. Yeah. Um, I've been at Legion for a little over a year, and i got to say I'm t really, really impressed with his ability to teach. Mm -hmm. He's a great instructor, yeah, very grateful, gr very grateful for him. Uh, what would you say for you has been the hardest part uh, f in your journey? Like, uh, and this doesn't have to be, like, it does, doesn't even have to be like a physical aspect of jujitsu. Just, um, now you're a purple belt, so you definitely have memories in your white and your, and your blue belt phase. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what would you say might be the hardest, the hardest part for you? I mean, it's it's interesting because jujitsu is one of the hardest endeavors any human I think could undertake. There are fewer things that are as challenging mentally and physically as jujitsu, so it's hard to pick like one aspect or facet that's been the hardest. Definitely, injury comes to mind. Having to sit out and not participate when you love something so much has been hard. Um, when I my most recent injury to my knee, I had to sit out for uh, a couple months, and that was really that was probably my most recent real challenge. But I think, honestly, stepping into Cobrini's Academy and just having the guts to walk into a jiu-jitsu school and be like, yeah, I want to learn this, and I'm willing to be okay with being shit at it for the first year, that was probably the hardest thing for, for me, just, just, just doing it. Yeah. I think we take for granted sometimes how much character it takes to step on the mat. Like yeah. every day. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sit here and enjoy the smell of our own farts but you're right i think there is it takes a certain amount of uh something i don't know if it's character or something else but were you terrified like your first day i was scared yeah for sure i mean there were a lot of you know, there were a lot of competitors in, in cabrina school and uh it was intimidating as hell that's why i have a lot of respect for the women who are in the sport more more than anything else 
it's hard enough as a man to be able to, to walk in through those doors, but to be, you know, physically less strong and um, all the other, you know, connotations along with that, I, I have a lot of respect for the ladies in the sport who stick with it. Do you have any hidden talents? Um, or hidden, um, maybe not hidden, but do you have any, like, skills or even hobbies that maybe maybe a lot of people don't know yeah yeah i mean where do we start i got tons i don't well, want to sound uh... well, let's start with this one you were you were telling <laughs> yeah. me about um the uh, com- building computers yeah yeah so i've been enjoying that since 2011 um started building in college i've been a, a gamer but it was like that was the first time I was I was really like okay I'm gonna try PC gaming building. Is, so that's what got you into yeah. wanting to learn how to put together a computer was like 100%. understanding like how it, how we can take this physical box and make a a three dimensional world. Kind of yeah I mean I really just wanted to play games at like like I wanted to play Counter Strike at the highest refresh rate possible in 2011 um, just just as a competitive thing because that's what I was into at the time when I was you know 20 or 21. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I love building computers. Um, GeoGuessr is something I've been into a lot lately. Have you heard of GeoGuessr? What's that? It's like competitive Google Maps. So basically, they plop you down somewhere on Google Maps, and you have to look around your environment and figure out where you are. And it's a game. Oh. And you can play it competitively. There's a guy who's blown up on social media. Maybe you've seen him. He goes by Geo Rainbolt, and. Uh, He's I, kind of become a meme, actually. I've never heard of this. Wow, no. this sounds fun. It's so, really fun, yeah. Okay, so is it like one versus one? So you can play it by yourself. Mm. You can play it one-on-one in like a competitive way. You can mm. also do team duels where you've got multiple people, and whoever's pin on the map is closest to the actual point uh, wins the round. So there are different ways to play the game, but it is, it's kind of a newer thing newer game but it's really fun and it's, it's uh, definitely worth checking out yeah uh, music also you play bassoon yeah. we just went over that at lunch uh, yeah. I play guitar I've been playing guitar since I was about 8 years old so I love guitar playing guitar um, got a few few other ones too now do you do like electric or is it more like acoustic like rustic campfire style both yeah very I cool. have an acoustic electric guitar and um, I have a, my old Fender Strat very I've had cool. for a really long time, and uh, a Canadian guitar, Godin, as well, electric wow. guitar. Okay, so did you say how long you've been, how long you've been doing that for? I started when I was eight, but honestly, like when I got into jujitsu more seriously, I kind of tapered away from actually practicing music and way more into doing jujitsu. Just because wow. it's just the nature of like jujitsu, you really have to commit to, to doing it a lot, and if you want to get better, that is, mm-hmm. which I do. So it's a, it's a lot of time involved, but it's worth it. It's a worthwhile endeavor for sure. Very jealous. So you have a couple songs that you're like, you know, if you say that I signed you up for a talent show, right? Like, do you have uh, a couple songs that are like ready to go? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And not Wonderwall. Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Hmm. Very jealous. Cause, uh, Don't be. you play great bassoon. I've seen you on YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I got myself a ukulele. Okay. How's uh, that going? <laughs> well, I got it in 2020. Because um, <clears throat> there, there was kind of a little window of time where people were 
trying to take up some new skills. Sure. And then uh, I was like trying to learn off of YouTube. Uh huh. And I learned a couple chords, but I just fell off the wagon. And right now it's collecting dust, sadly. But uh, I gotta say, it, I'm having a hard time with like understanding the chords and where, uh, playing a string instrument. Like jumping from being a, a completely woodwind mm-hmm. and going to going a string. Yeah, it's probably. I'm having a hard time with it. Like mm-hmm. and bassoon. You know, people people often talk about the bassoon being like the hardest instrument, um, which is hilarious because for me it was like the only one I really ever wanted to play, and now I'm struggling with like four string ukulele dude it's hard string instruments are tough honestly i think ukulele has a lot of um like barring where you're putting one finger across multiple strings for Mm -hmm. certain chords so that is really hard that's a really tough technique to do on any string instrument and it's even amplified i think in ukulele so keep it up man keep it up stick with it thank you yeah Tyler, we probably have about like uh, 10 minutes until we hit like the one hour. Uh, Let's just do a couple more. Let's do it. All right. I want to go a little deep. I want to try to try to go a little deep with you. All right. Do you think that we have a soul? Yeah. Yes, I do. What is a soul? Um, I think it is a metaphysical essence that can't be quantified at least right now by human means instruments um although they have done interesting experiments with like weighing bodies before and after they've died and like how much does a soul weigh that kind of thing i don't know if there's any conclusive evidence to point in one way or the other um but i think there is some some essence of something that is not physical in the body yeah what about ghosts I don't believe in ghosts in the sense of like haunted houses ghosts kind of thing. Do yeah. you think do you think maybe like a, so lots of people have experiences with paranormal. Right? Yeah. Like sure. Lots of people have ghost stories. stories. Yeah. Do you think that ghosts could be like the like souls of people? Um personally no. I, I'm a pragmatist. I don't want to sound like a jaded asshole, but like I, I think people come up with people's brains come up with things, not necessarily hallucinations, but when there aren't concrete explanations for something, I think people's brains can get very creative in how they explain certain yeah. things. Um, yeah. I don't want to knock on people's experiences who have had these types of experiences, but personally, I don't believe in that at all. I think it's, uh, um, I guess you could call it hyperbolic. Yeah. What about uh, what about dreams? What about them? Like, um, have you ever had any any wild experience with? Uh, have you ever had like an out of body experience? Um, I've never had out of body experiences. I experimented with lucid dreaming quite a bit when I was younger. Similar ish type of thing, um, but no, no OBEs. How about you? I've had a couple. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. What were those like? Uh, I had one where, so just for the, yeah, so OBE is an out-of-body experience, right? right? So an OBE is kind of where, this is what happened in, in the first one that I've ever had. Back in my bedroom, uh, in my childhood house. So it, it was as if I woke up. So I, I wake up and I turn to my side, get out of my bed. Yeah. 
and took a couple steps forward and then when I uh, turn and then I turned to look at my bed and I could and I was looking at myself sleeping and say that it was a dream say that it was only a dream my brain like recreated every small little detail on all the little like knickknacks on like my dresser counter and my, my like my desk like my whole room all the art on my walls like everything it was as if I was really awake like my brain did such a good job of recreating everything yeah so um, that's why I don't think it was a dream that's why I think it was actually like a, like an out of body experience Whoa. and um, how old were you when this, when this happened I think like 13 okay and then um, I actually had one again uh, not too long ago really here yeah yeah uh, in my apartment okay and this was more like a floating one this was like I wasn't Whoa. on my feet this was like a, I was like an orb okay and uh, I um, this one was interesting because I went like through my window uh, down to the ground floor outside like over by uh, that restaurant across the way and then um, I woke up right at, right shortly after I just like zoomed in whoa yeah 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 that's wild yeah and uh, I've also had experiences with lucid dreaming okay um, yeah so I had a buddy when I was in high school who told me about lucid dreaming uh, because he wanted to um, he wanted to practice his music in his dreams Wow and he said that he was so he told me about it to like try to get me to do that too because he's like you're going to be a better musician he's like imagine all the time you could have to practice if you could also do it when you're dreaming and wow. then um, so I was like training myself to do it and uh, I had a couple I had like three lucid dreams where like a lucid dream by the way for those listening a lucid dream is where you you recognize that you're having a dream while you're dreaming and then you can like take you can take control of it so you can like stop time if you want you can fly like Superman right and um, yeah <laughs> that's cool so did you did you practice when you were lucid uh, so like the, th the thing is like you there are some people who can na who can naturally lucid dream and then there's right. some people who like you have to you, you have like you're it. saying you have to like take train practice. yeah you have to yeah. like work yourself up to that point where you can just like lucid dream on command right and uh, one way to do that is to you have like the thing is when you dream when you dream you have like common uh, repeating like themes that happen like so for me most of my dreams would be like with water mm. like I would be like okay. swimming and um, anytime I would come in contact with water so I would like all of my dreams I would be like swimming in a lake or in a pool or like in the ocean so what would happen is in real life if I would be in a pool if you ask yourself if you just like stop and ask the question like is this a dream right now and then you follow it up with an answer yes or no then what eventually if you do that enough times when you have a dream when you're in a pool you might trigger that question in the dream does that make sense mm -hmm. yep so that's what happened I had a dream where I was like in a swimming pool and 
while I was in the pool, I, I did a reality check and I'm oh. like, is this a dream? And then I think I like looked at my hand and my fingers were like blurred together. Cause you know, yeah. when you know, when you dream, like your brain doesn't always like get all the small details. Dude, you know, what just came to me right now, both in dreams. Cause that's right. I, I learned that your hands are all messed up in dreams and that's a great way to consistently reality check artificial intelligence. We haven't touched on it all yet. This conversation, but it's something that's very topical right now also has a really hard time drawing hands. I just made that connection. What do you, do you think there's any connection there? Any parallels? I just thought that was interesting right now. Yeah, I think it's an exact, I think that's exactly what's going on. Because the, the, like computers are making art by, by numbers, right? Yeah. Like, like to a computer, it's all just a series of, of digits, right? Right, right. I, th- I believe that our brains are actually kind of like working the same, a similar way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know the first AI art experiments were called, um, it was like a dreamscape, like that's what they named it. So, mm-hmm. and there was a whole like research article about how the, the way that the AI art is being generated is similar because it's like neural networks, right? right? It's like modeled like the, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be after like the neurons in our brains. I think there's something there. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Maybe we could come back to that point in another, another podcast in the future and see like how far along AI is with drawing hands. Definitely. Well, Tyler, I, uh, I think we're coming up on an hour. Um, I know that, uh, we both got to, got to run after this, but, um, is there anything uh, anything pressing on your mind while you have the opportunity to, uh, you know, while we're on the podcast? Any questions or anything that we uh, we didn't we didn't touch on? You know, at the moment, I'm just I'm really happy about how great this beer was and how much fun this conversation was. So, Dude. hey, I just want to express my gratitude and thank you for having me on the show thank you so much for coming yeah, on it was yeah, fun. it's been a pleasure and uh thanks for wearing the rugrat shirt i yeah, like that one, dude. Yeah. Os, os to rugrats yeah and uh looking forward to the next one dude Oos, brother Oos. all right